And when you get real with God, God can get real with you. And, and when he does, it can change you radically. And I mean radically. Make this huge difference in your life. And, and uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's just the little things that make the biggest differences. And uh, this week we, we sent uh, a group of kids and they went and joined with some other churches and they had camp. And uh, some of these young lives have been radically changed. And I'm not talking about for 30 minutes. We're talking about for eternity. And uh, uh, I'm going to have Stephen come up, and uh, he's going to introduce a couple kids, and they're going to come share. Give him a hand, would you? And, and the team, and thank them for all they do for our youth. Here's what you should do. Give a round of applause to the team, the youth leaders, and the parents that went with the kids, gave up of their time and their work and their jobs to be with them. It was it was a lot of fun, and I said this last night, and I, and I want to say it again because I think it's really true, but I think if your kid went to camp uh, this week, you should allow them to set the atmosphere of your home. And then as a parent, it's your job to keep it that way. Uh, but here's what's going to happen is they come home, and they are, I mean, they're jacked up for God. It's the truth. They're just, they're pumped. Why? Because they took time out of their normal setting, and they went out of their way to seek God. And guess what? They found him. And then they're going to come home, and you know what's going to happen is they're going to get back into uh, maybe your system, and it's going to fade away. And so I think this one week of the year, you should allow your kids, if they went to camp, to set the atmosphere of your home and then keep it there for the rest of the year, because it really will change the atmosphere of your home. And so we have a couple kids here. If you would mind helping me welcome to the stage John and Susie, they're going to come up and, and give a testimony about camp. Come on. So I'm going to start out with saying this, that uh, when I first went to camp, it was kind of like I was just planning on going, hanging out with friends, nothing else. I was just like, oh, it's just going to be another camp. But then the first sermon that was preached was expect something. And so I was like, hey, let's expect something, you know? So I'm like, you know what, God? Flip my world upside down. And that's exactly what he did. Like he brought his coal onto my life. I found out what I'm supposed to do. It's actually a cool little project. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm starting a group at my school and uh, we're just gonna be sharing Jesus, you know, casual. And I'm just really excited to start it because school's Tuesday and I'm just stoked. And yeah, stoked. <laughs> And I'm just so excited about it. And not only did God, God do that, he healed me of my type one as well. You know, like, yeah. that's incredible. I mean, it's so amazing to just go to a camp and see all that God can do, but also look into yourself and see what God has done there as well. Hi guys. <laughs> um, so I need my notes or else I'm going to forget everything that I'm supposed to say right now. So I went to camp as well expecting not anything that what I received. Like I went to camp expecting to meet new people, hang out with my friends and just like have fun. But I didn't go there expecting to like be changed in the way I was. And when I went to camp, I just was touched the very first night because 
everything I've been reading for the past week before camp. I've been doing a devotional every day, and it's about love and how God is love and how if God is love and God's in me, then I am love. So that's what I'm working on right now, trying to love everyone with the way I talk and the way I walk and like just my everyday life instead of like that's the first thing that's on my mind before I even speak anything. And so that was really, I could feel his presence, especially when I was being prayed over for the migraines I've been getting. And it's just crazy to feel like when you wake up and you expect something bad to happen, but it's not there because you've already been healed of it. So that's just what's been happening for me. And I'm really glad I went to camp. And that was my experience. Awesome. Hey, I, I encourage you to find students that went to camp and ask them about their experience because they each have a different perspective and God did incredible things in every single one of our kids. I'm going to tell you what, we have the best students in the nation right here in our church and I fully believe that. So, so without further ado, help me in welcoming Pastor Tom to the stage. Come on, give God one more hand. He's worthy. He's working in us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, God is good. Amen. Hey, hold your Bible up there. Let's make a confession together. Lift your Bible up, your iPad, your whatever you got, your 19-inch color TV set. Push it up there. Just lift it up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. I choose to do what it says I can do. I'm going to do what this says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Give somebody close a knuckle bump. Tell them you look better already. Amen. You know, as the kids were talking and, 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 uh, uh, and they're talking, you know, I went and I came back and, 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 and uh, man, I'm never going to be the same. And I, that's what I'm believing God's going to happen to you this morning. That uh, you came, some of you guys came expecting nothing. You will, well, at least you won't leave disappointed. But the reality is, is that when we come to God and we're expecting him to do, he, he always blows your mind. Huh? He always blows your mind. You know, there's a scripture in, in Jeremiah 29, 11. Don't know if you've ever heard that one. But in, 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 the, in the message Bible, it says that, hey, I know what I'm doing. I've got it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Plans to, to give you the future that, that you hope for. I hope that you're hoping for something big because if you ain't hoping for anything big, you're still going to get the future you're hoping for. So if you're hoping for something that's like nothing, then, then you get nothing, then you got exactly what you're hoping for. So you might as well believe God and hope for something a little bit bigger. Hello, somebody. You, you know, you might as well set your hopes. Well, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be, you know, disappointed. Trust me, we're going to get there. Go ahead and believe God for something big. Look at the next verse where he, what he says. He says, uh, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'm going to listen. How do you know that God, he's, he's not so far off that you can't reach him? He's, he, you, you're connected to God. And the next verse, in verse 13, he says, when you come looking for me, you're going to find me. When you come, what are you looking for? You, you know, if you're looking for God, you're going to find him. If you're, if you're not, you won't. So let's be people who are looking for God to move. And when you get serious about finding, when you want it more than anything else, 
Man, you know, in other words, when you get passionate, when you get driven, when you, when you get on purpose, when you say, okay, I'm getting serious about this thing. I'm going to get real with God. That's what happened to the kids. They didn't understand it. They just got on a bus and went for a ride, and then they got out, and they're in an environment where people are pressing in, man. We're pressing in. And that's the environment we want to create here is where we're pressing in. Get serious about God. Get serious about finding his way for your life. Get serious about finding his way of doing, his way of being, and then actually do it his way. You know, how do, how do I know if I'm really serious? Well, are you really doing it yet? It's really quiet right there. Man, when you get serious about finding me, you know, how, 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 how do I measure my, my level of seriousness? Well, are you changing? Are, are, you, are, are, you, are you willing to, to do it his way? Are you willing to do it not your way? That's when you're serious. That's, that's, that's when you're serious, when you want it more than anything else. Look at 14. He said, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Dude, that, that's like a shouting line. You, you know, he, he said, I know what I'm doing. I've got it all. I got, I got the plans, man. I got it put together. I'm going to give you the future you're hoping for. And when you get serious about it, I'll make sure, this is God talking to you. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. You can believe God for some major stuff. You can believe God for some huge things. And you know what's sad is most of us, uh, uh, and, and it's weird because some of us, we've been, we've been around God for a long time. You know, we've been, we, you know, uh, I, I've been in the way for 25 years. Maybe it's time you get out the way. You know, I, I've been serving Jesus for a long time. And it's crazy how many believers, how many, how many followers of Christ don't put any draw. They're not, they're, there's no press. They, you know, we, we don't press in to, to receive from God. We just come and, uh, I don't know, it's a free ice cream cone and, you know, and there's nice people. Man, God is in the house. You know, I love you guys. If you quit coming, I'm cool with that. But it, it, when God quits coming, I'm out. Hello? If God ain't going to be here, I me neither. I, I want to be where God's at right? And he said, I'll make sure, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. He said, this is his decree. I'll turn things around for you. Now, wait a minute. Some of you guys have been begging God to turn some things around for you. Man, that situation at work, you go home every day just jacked up a little bit. Something's got to change. You know that relationship that's just all over the place? Something's got to change. You're looking at your finances, and you're tired of, of, of running out of month. Hello? You got, you, you got more outflow than you got inflow? Something's got to change. You know, that, that physical condition that keeps you, you know, it might as well, you might as well be paralyzed because you can't do what you know you should do and, and you want to do what God's called you to do, but you can't do what you need to do because, because of the decisions that you made. And God said, hey, I will turn things around for you. 
We're talking about a crazy good God, a God that's willing to reach into your jacked up, messed up situation and turn some things around for you. And you're begging him to do it, and you're asking, you're praying, and, 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 you, know, you, and, and you even sowed a $7 offering one time to get him to get the hand of God to move. And you, know, you believe in God, and here's a promise from the Word of God when you get serious. You know, when, uh, when I got serious with God, I grew up in church. Uh, guys, the day I was born, I was taken to, to a church meeting. I remember it. They had me speak. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in church. We had tents. We traveled to tents. We did two-a-days. You know, we did morning meetings and, and night meetings. And, and we, we did a revival one time, for the, one time, one location for one year. And we had one day off during the year because my dad decided, well, we should probably take a break. You know, I've been in church a lot. But I, I grew up and, 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 uh, uh, and moved on and, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, even, you know what's crazy is even the years. And, and, and there, there was a little bit of time that I was a little bit crazy. It's crazy. Okay. But I was still involved with church ministry. I was traveling, you know, with gospel groups, playing music. They actually had me do the altar calls because I was good at it. I'd do the altar calls, and the curtains would come down. We played in some pretty big venues, and the curtain would come down, and the bottles would come out. i got to tell you something. I was a, you know, this church thing, I was not real serious about God. But then one night, I saw God do a work in somebody close to me, and something shifted in my heart, and I said, you know what, God, uh, I, I, will, I will get serious, I will get serious, and, and it was almost like me telling God, I'll give you one more chance, serious, because I grew up in church, and I've been around church people, and I've got to tell you something about church people, they're mean. flat out tell you, some of you guys, you know what it would take to get me to, to have you be mean to me? Not much. Some of you are already sitting there thinking about it. I don't like this guy. He better, he better not hold us over. I'm tired of this. You know, you're mean. I've learned not to care. But, you know, my, my family, uh, my father... Was, was the town drunk in Jacksonville, Oregon. He was a logger. He did prize fighting to earn extra money because they were dirt poor. Uh, his, his wife, his first wife, left him in the middle of the night with his best friend. He, he was the youngest of seven brothers and two sisters. Every member of his family died of cancer. Um, everybody, I mean, it was just a rough life, a horrible life. He, and and uh, uh, he got saved and, and didn't start preaching for... 24 hours, and uh, 24 hours, and in the first 24 hours after being saved, he went to every church in Jacksonville, Oregon, which was like both of them, and he knocked on the door. He beat on the doors of the churches until the preachers came out, and he asked them, how long have you known about this Jesus, and why have you never told my family? And he was, he was, he was a little upset that the answer to the problems that they had suffered in life had always been there, and no one had cared enough to tell them. 
And so it set him on fire with a passion to, to pour his life out. My mom, uh, w- when he met my mom, she was uh, the highest paid female in Medford, Oregon. She was operating a bank. He went in to make a payment on a chainsaw. She was challenged by one of the co-workers. I bet you can't get a date with that guy. She got a date with him because when he made his payment, he had some change left over. And she said, looky there, you have enough to buy me lunch. And he said, okay, I'll be back at noon. And, and he went away he, he went away and came back at noon. And, and the time between when he went away and the time he came back, he, he went out and prayed. And he came back not to take her to lunch, but to lead her to Christ. And he came back, and he was excited, and she got led to Christ, and they got saved, and she had a broken relationship, and she had had a messed up life, and, and, and they got on fire for God, and, and, and she went into real estate, and she sold ranches, and she made lots of money, and my dad was under the impression that money would, would, would probably hurt you, that the more holy you are, the more poor you are, and so she'd make big money, and he'd take it, and he'd give it away. And, and he, 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 he gave, I'm telling you, man, he, he, gave, he gave away houses, he gave away cars, he gave away cash. You could give him 500 bucks this morning and, and tell him, meet me at the house after church. And when we get home, he'd have like 12 bucks. And he, could, he just poured out into people's lives, poured out into people's lives and did everything he could to better other people's lives. This is the house I grew up in. And I heard people talk about him and I heard people stab him in the back and I heard people wreck him. And, and I reached a place in my life where I'm like, you serious, you want to get serious? I'll, I'll show you serious. I'll take a Christian out in the backyard and I'll beat him to death. Because church people, in my opinion, sucked. But then one day I said, you know what I'm going to do? God, I'm going to get serious. And it was almost like you got one more chance. I'd never broken my promise to God because when I was seven years old, I came out of a walk-in closet and I could play the guitar. My dad and my brother, who was nine years older than me, they decided to do something father-son thing. They got guitars. They're going to learn guitar together. I wanted to do it. They didn't know this is, between, this is for me and, and, and your brother Ted. Here, you just take this little plastic guitar. You go in the closet there and mess around. I came out. I could play. They couldn't. They sold their guitars. I kept playing. <laughs> and I made a promise to God as a little kid that I'd never play for anybody but him. So even when I wasn't living for God, I was forced to travel with gospel groups. Why? Because I'm a man of integrity. (laughs) I'd done the church thing. It wasn't really working for me. So now I'm going to do my own thing, but I'm going to add God to it. That wasn't working for me either. So God, I'm going to get serious about you. And I got to tell you what happened is God came into the room that night. When I got serious about God, God came into that room that night and he got, I got real with God and God got real with me. And people I wanted to hurt the next day, I couldn't help but love them. It was irritating. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it drove me crazy. There was people that I wanted to take out really bad, and, and all I could do is figure out ways to elevate them. I, I, it, it drove me nuts, and God started working on me. And you know what he did? He made me fall in love with church people. And I'm like, oh, my God, you really are real. You know, but all of the things that I wanted, you know, you know, you know what? He, he, has, he has never been a disappointment to me. When when I'm serious about God, when I got serious about God, and when I wanted it more than anything else, oh my God. Man, I'm telling you that there's just something awesome about this God thing. That When you do what he asks you to do, he will produce exactly what he promised every single time. You will not be disappointed, and he will turn some things around for you. Some of us, you know what? We, we need some stuff turned around. We need some stuff in the home turned around. We need some stuff on the job turned around. We need some stuff in our body turned around. And we keep trying to figure out how to do it. You can't do it. But there's nothing he can't do. 
So you, you, what do you got to do? You, you better get serious. You, you know what? You better put a press. You, you got to put a press on Jesus. Man, you need to hear God so that you can obey God. Because you have no idea what one act of obedience on your part will result in the response from God on his part. See, when you obey God, when you do what he says, you know, Stephen shared an a, a illustration one time about, you know, hey, as we, we, we as parents, if we tell our kids to do something, you know, we kind of expect them to do it. And, and you know, but, but if, if our kids acted like most of us church people, you know, and you, if, you, if you sat your kids down and said, hey, I want you, listen, look at me, hear me, I want you to go clean your room. And we come back, you know, several hours later and you ask the kid, did you clean your room? No, I didn't. But, but, but listen to what I did do. I memorized what you said. You said, I want you to clean your room. So I memorized exactly what you said. Well, have you cleaned it? No, but I memorized it. Not only that, I got friends coming over later. And we're going to get together and we're going to study. And we're going to consider what my room would look like if I did what you said to do. And in, the in, in, in between then, you know what I did? Is I looked up the words clean room, and I can now speak it in, 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 in both the Greek and the Hebrew. Okay, but ha, have you cleaned your room? No, but, but, but I've studied it. I know what the words mean, and I'm sharing the good news with my friends. That's what Christians do when it comes to obeying God. We, 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 we sit down and we make some weird act, but we never do what God's told us to do. We come up with excuses why we don't do what he's told us to do. See, because of the press of our life isn't towards him, it's towards other stuff. The press isn't to find a way to surrender, it's to, it's to find a way to, to buck up and, and to dig our heels in and to go for what we want, when we want, how we want, as long as we want. And it ain't working out that well because we have stuff in our life that has got to change. Today, real quick, I have like seven minutes left. Real quick, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little insight on how to change some stuff. So you want the miraculous of God. You want, you want divine intervention. You want God to do stuff that only God could do. You want God to show up in a way that even the people that don't like you wish they were you. You got to get serious. You got to, you got to press in. And I promise you will not be disappointed. And I promise God will turn things around. He, I'm telling you, he will turn things around. But you got to press toward him. In, in the fifth chapter of the book of Luke, is one of the best stories in the Bible. And it says, I love it in the Amplified, it says, and it occurred while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God. It occurred. You know what? You know what it is? It is the thing that you need to change. It is the thing that you've spent all your time and all your effort and all your resources trying, trying, to, get to, trying to manipulate, trying to get it to, to you know, just, just, some, just something to shift. It, it is the thing that keeps you awake at night. And isn't it funny that it occurred when they pressed in to hear the, the message of God? That's when it's going to happen is when you start hearing God. When you can have revelation knowledge, let me tell you, it is going to change. When you get some insight from God, when you get revelation knowledge, not the word of God, but when you receive a word from God, it ain't going to remain the same. 
And it occurred when they pressed to hear, when, when they got passionate, when, when they put the press on, when they said, you know what, we're, we're not going to get separated here. And he's standing there, and the crowd's getting bigger, and, and, and the next verse says that he sees two boats drawn up by the shore, and he walks down, and he gets into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon Peter, and he requested him. He requested him. He, he, get, he, he requested, man. He said, hey, do me a favor. Launch out into the deep. Just push us out a little bit here, and, and let me use your boat. And, and, and he went out, and he starts teaching the people. And, and, and he just continued what he was doing, man. God, you know, nothing stops Jesus. And he just continued. And, and when, he, when he got to the end of speaking, you giving us verses? They went away. See, God's not like that. When he had stopped speaking, he said, here's what I want you to do. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Let me just tell you something. That in order to get what you desperately need, you're going to quit, you're going to have to quit being so shallow. Some of us are, 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 are you know what, we, we think that, that uh, you know, biblical education is the same thing as spiritual maturity. Romans says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. There's two words in the Greek for sons. There's technon and weos. Technon is a son by mere fact of childbirth. Weos is a son who displays the characteristics of his father. If you're, if you're going to be led by the Spirit, you're going to have to get over yourself. Because you don't get to do what you want all the time. You're going to do what He wants all the time. All right? You're going to seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, His way of doing, His way of being right. His kingdom, His authority operating in, in, in your life. That means that you surrender to His authority. It's, it's, not, it's not that you're, man, you've got great power, okay? You have power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. So you can do whatever you want, but that's kind of your problem. It's that you're not earning salvation. You're opening the door for God's participation in your situation. Man, it's not, it's not elevating your status with God. It's increasing God's ability to operate in your life. It's you surrendering, saying, okay, I will do what you want. Because, you know, when he, when he asked Peter, you know, launch out and, and, and lower your nets for a haul. Look what Pete says in verse 5. He, he said, you know what, uh, we toiled all night. Let me tell you something. If you can get, if you can get uh, uh, revelation knowledge, you can put an end to toiling. I said, you can put an end to toiling if you can just hear a word from God and then do what he says. You know, it, 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 it's great that you're hearing God, but now you actually got to do what he says. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. You got you to take that step. And, and it's, it's crazy because sometimes the steps that God's asking for, they're not giant leaps. They're just little steps. Just push out. Just push out a little bit. Now, launch out to the deep. Don't do, you're not going to get a great haul of fish in three inches of water. Let's go deep. How about you take the floaties off and head out towards the deep end of the pool? How about you get, how about you get over that, that, that normal, that average Christian believer thing where you go to church 1.4 times a month and call yourself insanely committed? In America today, that, you realize that that's the new average according to Barna. The 1.4 times in church and people mark themselves down as extremely committed. We want a revival. How many of you would love to see a revival that swept across this city, changed lives, changed schools? We, we want a revival. But we don't even show up on the weekends. Well, we're busy. Well, don't you think Pete could have said that? You know, he saw, he, he saw them. That they'd gone down, you know, and they, they had left the boat. They were washing their nets. Their nets were empty, but they were washing them. 
And Pete could have said, you know, really, we just got back from a fishing trip. And uh, we kind of know what we're doing. This is what we do for a living. You preach, we fish. How about you preach and we fish? How about we don't give you your outline and you don't tell us about our nets? How about we go, how, how about we go with that? I mean, that would have made Pete an average Christian. This is my life and I know exactly what I'm doing. How, how, about, how about you keep the church thing in that hour and 15 minutes that you get? How, how about we, you, you know what's really weird? How many of you made it out to the fair this week? Go ahead, don't be nervous. It's not, it's not a sin. It's really good that you inject yourself into environments where people can see what a believer looks like. Because uh, we, went, we went to the fair the other night, and i got to tell you something. People need God. Man, there's a lot of people out there that need Jesus. And, and I, I was watching these, you know, I won't mention any names. But I was watching this one group of people, and I'm thinking, oh, dear God. And I'm just praying for them, you know, because God wouldn't change my heart. And, uh, you know, I'm praying for them. I can't believe it. I found myself at the fair praying for people. You know, I'm just praying, oh, God, help them. Then I looked up and realized, oh, they, they attend the garden. And I'm thinking, okay, now no, hold on. Uh, you know, because, because we're, we're part-time believers. We're, I said we're part-time believers. We're schizophrenic. It depends on where we are and who we're with. Because if you're with the wrong crowd, you can outcuss all of them. Hello? Come on, you know what I'm bleeping talking about. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's the problem. You don't think. Because in, in reality, in reality, see, you don't have to go in and correct them. You need to go in and be correct. You, know, you, you, you just need to do everything you do as under the Lord. You know, notice these guys were washing empty nets. Well, they were diligent. They were diligent. It wasn't producing, but they were still doing their job. They were washing empty nets. You, you know, some of you guys need to get over yourself. Because you, you go to work thinking that the company, you complain about the company all the time. You complain about the organization all the time. They're not taking care of me. That's not their job. Oh, I can see the emails coming in now. Uh, they didn't hire you because you needed a job. They hired you because they needed a worker. And you show up with your Jesus t-shirt on 15 minutes late, and you never do a full day's labor, and you, you want to leave early, and you want them to give you time off so you can go to church. And I, you know, the old Tom wants to choke you out for Jesus. The renewed Tom's praying that you get a brain. Why am I on that? I, I'm running out of time. I'm, well, actually, I'm actually out of time, and I'm talking about that. Listen to me. You need to get in that environment, and you, you, you well, well, they need to take care of me. No, they are not your provider. Do not, listen, do not replace God with a company logo. Because in order, you know, hey, God is my provider. And my, my responsibility is to be an obedient servant and to do everything I do with all my might and to set my hand to it and to set my mind to it and, and to be the best they got. And until, you know, really until you get Jesus in your heart, you might want to get him off your bumper and, and, and let him change you and, and, and do what he's called you to do. 
you know, and quit coming up with excuses. Pete could have said, man, we, we fished all night and caught nothing. Man, we're tired. I'm too tired to do another service. I'm too tired to serve ice cream. I'm too busy to get involved with the children's side. I'm too, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm above all of that. No, no, no. It, launch out into the deep. You have no idea what one act of obedience could result in your life. And, 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 but Peter said, but on the ground of your word. Man, he just heard what Jesus was teaching. And he said, you know what? We just worked hard all night long. But I'm going to do exactly what you said. Man, I wish I would have known exactly what he taught him. I wish, that, I wish that was part of this story, that we knew exactly what Jesus taught. But there was something that motivated Peter to say, you know what? I've done this before. I've done it all my life. But I'll do it one more time just because you said so. Man, that's how I felt. That's how I felt when, when you know, I'm sitting in that room at, at late at night telling God, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this one more time. I'm going to go after this thing. I'm going to get serious. I'm going to get serious for God. Because, I've, man, I just saw radical change in somebody close to me. And, God, that, I know that's you. So I'm going to get serious about you. And I'm going to give you one more time. If you if you'll lower the nets one more time, if you'll just do one more time what God's called you to do, if you'll just decide one more time, I choose to obey. And I'm telling you, it will go well with you. Look at verse 6. When they had done this, when they'd done what? What he said. When they did what he said, the, the number of fish was so great that it's at the point of breaking their net. Man, let me tell you something. That when God responds to your obedience, it's going to stretch you. you, you, you you're not going to have enough strength on your own to contain the result of, of, of God's overflow abundance in your life. Because, and I'm telling you something. God gets pretty excited about obedience. Look, look at verse 7. This is great. They signaled to their partners. You have to have somebody else in your life. You need some partners in your life. Because if you don't have partners in your life, God's response to your obedience will sink you. It almost sank both of them. I love this story. Verse 8. Falls down on his knees. He's knee deep in fish. And he's like, Get out of here. That's, that's the English translation of depart from me. Get out of here. Man, we shouldn't even be in the same boat with you. I'm a sinful man. You know, you, God will show up, and suddenly you'll understand just how desperately you need him. Well, you know, if we get too many things going, we're going to think too highly of ourselves. Oh, my Lord, when God does what he does, I'm not, I'm not even dumb enough to act like I did it. He's going to blow your mind. And you want to know something else? Look at the next verse. It says, he was gripped with bewildering amazement, allied to terror, and all who were with him. Everybody connected to you is going to recognize that's God. Dude, that is God. One act of obedience. There's a, there's, there's a couple of things. Oh, uh, is it verse 11? Can you give me verse 11? After they had run their boats on shore, they left everything and joined him as his disciples and sided with his party. When God gets done with you, it won't bother you to leave anything he tells you behind. Man. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Just a couple of things about obedience I want to remind you about. 
I know you already know this, but just real quick, I want to give you these four things. Just a little obedience. Obedience in the little things releases God to do the greatest things you've ever known. Just a little obedience. You know, faith is not simply believing regardless of circumstance. It's obeying regardless of consequence. Your responsibility is to obey. His responsibility is the consequence. See, because sometimes God will God will speak to you, you know, and you'll 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 sense it. You'll you'll sense it. And and and, and uh you know uh I you know, so many times that just just a little act of obedience, you know, and 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 well, is that really God? You know, God, is that really you? You know, I, I remember different times when God would just speak to us to, to, to give an offering a little bit more than what we had planned on, to, to stretch there, you know. And I just want you to sow in this offering a little bit more. And, and I can remember thinking to myself, well, is that God or is that me? Well, number one, it ain't me. It's not, oh, I know what it is. It's the devil tempting me to be more like Jesus. No, God's move. Just, 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 uh, just, just, just one little act of obedience, you know. Just one, and then all of a sudden, you know, the floodgates open, and and you, you know, a lot of a lot of you guys, and I, I, we've already taken the offering, right? Okay, so I can say this, and you, and you not get too nervous because we're not taking another one. Okay, so just relax. But a lot of you guys, you need financial miracles. Then you should, then you need to act in financial obedience. I'm just saying. Well, you just want our money. You're on crack. There ain't nobody in this room wealthy enough for me to just sit around all night long trying to figure out how to get your stuff. How are we going to get I don't work on commission. If you, get, if you give more, I'm not getting more. No, it, it ain't about what you got that we can get from you. It's what God wants to produce in your life. And, 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 and you know what? You, you don't want to be one of them guys that your obedience is only worth 10 bucks. You get $10 obedience, but if God asks for 20, forget that. Because you do know that what you give, that's what shall be given. Just a little act of obedience, just a little act of obedience can, can result in great, great things. Look at somebody close to you and tell them, you, you need a great thing. You know, don't, don't, don't give the spiritual pat answer, well, let me pray about that. Let me pray. Pray about obeying? You don't need to pray about obeying. You just need to get busy obeying. Hello, somebody. Okay, number two, and I'm going to hurry. Personal obedience produces public benefits. Peter, launch out. You got it. Partners, come help. With what? The benefit. See, there's this thing about seeds, and again, I, I apologize for going a little bit over, but you, there's this thing about seeds that you've got to understand. There, there, there are, uh, there are, the power of a seed is, uh, is the fact, well, re- remember when Jesus was talking and he said, uh, you know, that the faith is like a grain, a seed of mustard, which when planted, it grows into the largest tree in the whole garden, and it's, but it's the smallest of seeds, and it grows into the largest tree in the whole garden so that the birds can come and build their nests in its branches. Well, why does a farmer plant mustard seed? Well, because he likes hot dogs, and he needs some mustard. 
okay? So, so, so he's planting seeds so that he can have mustard because he, he has this great love for hot dogs. But God wrapped inside that seed the ability to produce a, a tree that would grow branches because he's also taking care of the birds. See, there's a benefit that's way beyond anything that you can think of or imagine. And, and, and what's crazy is that one seed of obedience can impact hundreds of thousands in the book of Acts when he said, this promises to you and you and your children and even to those afar off. And here we are over 2,000 years later reaping the benefits of the promise that was made in a room 5,000 miles away from here. And here we are reaping the benefit. You know, just one little act of obedience. My father, after he'd been diagnosed with cancer, after he'd been through chemo, after he had radiation, after he'd been sent home to die, and God healed him, and he took a box of apples and went down the street and dropped them off at somebody's house, and they said, what can we do to respond? He said, just come to my Bible study. They came to the Bible study. They brought their daughter. I was there at the meeting, and their daughter pursued me, hunted me down, chased me, caught me, married me. We, 35 years, you know, this, from a box of apples, and we just celebrated 32 years. We got three great children, and you are a recipient of the blessing of God from one act of obedience because your life is being changed by what God's doing in our midst. And would it be just like you to say, well, I'm too busy. What do you mean take them apples? I got, I'm the guy that was sick. They should bring me by. Number three, almost, almost there. Number three, obedience never leads to disappointment. Never. Well, remember that time we did exactly what God said? Sure wish we hadn't have done that. You ain't never going to hear anybody say that. Remember the time we obeyed God? And it fell apart? Uh-uh. No, remember that time we obeyed God and he saved our bacon? Remember that time? Remember that time? See, obedience never leads to disappointment. I can remember the times I didn't obey. Let's, let's just move on. Number four, obedience always. And this one, you, you got to get this. You got to understand this. But obedience always receives resistance. You know, uh, there are people in your life that you would think would be excited about you getting serious about God. You would just assume that if a young person said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get busy and raise some money, and I'm going to go to camp. You would think that their family members would say, sweet, how can we help? You'd be surprised at how many family members say, we need you here. You're getting too active. You know, that's enough of that, and I'm going to ground you from church. Parents sometimes are dumb. I, I, I'm going to get involved in that ministry over here, I, I, and I, I'm going to pursue God. Well, get your own ride. You would assume we're going to change the world that Christians everywhere would be, let's do it. But oh no. 
Because obedience always produces resistance. See, obedience opens the door for God's involvement. Hell freaks out. Man, the disciples, when they obeyed God, ended up in prison. How many want to obey now? (laughs) But the result, the end result, it's never a disappointment. Some of you are dealing with the struggles right now. Some of you, some of you have, okay, I'm going to obey God in my giving. Guess what? You're going to get some new bills. I'm going to obey God in loving people. You're going to meet some mean people. I'm, I'm going to obey God, and, and, and I, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve more. Your, your schedule's going to get inundated. And you're going to be put in a spot where you have to choose because there's just not enough time. So either continue to serve and cut something else out or I cut out my serving so I can continue that other thing. See, because what God's going to do is he's going to put you in a position where he's going to find out if you're serious. When you get serious about finding me, And when you want it more than anything else. Well, let's find out. See, you need God to turn some things around for you. He needs you to say, God, you're first. You're first in my life. You're number one. Some of you, you need to obey because God's talking to you. I really believe that there's businesses that need to be started. God's talking to you. Ain't everybody going to be for you, but you know you've heard from God. There's ministries that are going to be launched. There's small groups that are going to be started. There's relationships that are going to be restored. There's all kinds of things, all kinds of acts of obedience that if you just do it. I I know that in this room, it's, it's amazing because we have the potential to watch God just radically revolutionize the environment that we live in if we would just step out in obedience. But for some of us, you know, what the, you know what the first act of obedience is? It's really offering total surrender to Jesus. Saying, you know what? You can take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Some of us in this room today, we need to, we need to take that step of obedience. We need to say, okay, God. Come in, take over. I surrender. I'll let go. I'll let go of the things in my heart that have been against you, against your people. I, 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 I know that there's areas of my life I haven't given to you. Here it comes, and I'm going to give it to you. And if that's you today, we're not. And we, we're going to pray this prayer. We pray at every service, but we're not. We're not going to embarrass you. Or we're not going to call you out. But you say, you know what? I know that this is the, the the step of obedience that God wants me to take. I want you to hold your hand up so I can agree with you in prayer. Just lift it up. Thank you. 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 You can put them down. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to get real with God because I need a God that's real. I need a God who can turn some things around. And I know, I know resistance is coming. 
I know that as I walk in obedience to him, as, as, I, as I give him my heart, I, I realize that, you know what, I'm going I'm to be faced with what I really want, what I want more than anything else. But I'm making a decision today. And I'm making a declaration. God, I want you more than anything else. And I want us to pray this. Pray it with some passion today. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him a big shout, big praise.